We are Trace Church. Isn't that right? Let me hear from you this morning. Anybody else excited to be at Trace at church as we gather in agreement to hear from God's word and invite God to do whatever he wants to do in each and every one of our lives? Hey, really quick, I'm going to say something to you that I didn't have to say in the last service, and that is whatever you do, don't start coming to the 930 service, okay? Our 930 service is busting at the seams, and I'm going to start encouraging them, uh, many of them, to start attending our 11 o'clock service, or whatever you do, don't, like if you love Jesus, don't attend the 930 service. Well, hey, if it's your first time today, and I've met so many first-time people, guests with us today, I want to say welcome. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much for accepting the invitation to come and check out Trace. You have landed on a very uh, good weekend, if you ask me, as today we're talking about Vision Sunday. We're having a Vision Sunday and talking about a lot that entails kind of who we are right now as a church and where we're going as a church. Now, uh, if you got my email or you were here last week, you know that uh, we called an audible. In other words, we interrupted your regularly scheduled program uh, to bring to you a specific message. And I'm honestly very thankful that we do this. In other words, we had something planned and we decided we're not getting rid of it. We're just putting it on the shelf for another week so that I can have an opportunity to speak to the heart of this church today. And the reason I'm thankful we do that is because I believe it's healthy that we make some space for the Holy Spirit, right? It's healthy that we create some space to where if God is doing something specifically in me as being the lead pastor of this church, to have that opportunity and flexibility to say, you know what, let's just kind of put that aside because I really want to talk about this. And that's what this Sunday is. But I want to let you know, I want to let you know that to, today my tone will probably be a little bit different. The tone of this particular sermon will probably be a little bit different than what it typically is. And if I were to give you a reason why, I would say it's because I don't like where we find ourselves today. I don't like the world that we find ourselves in today. I don't like the, the culture in which we find ourselves in today. And if I were to give you a handful of things, I would say I don't like. I don't like that Christians are depending on politicians to make changes in areas where we should be taking personal responsibility. I don't like what's happening in our school systems. I don't like what's happening within our homes where specifically dads are becoming more disengaged while a world is telling them that their influence isn't that much anyway and challenging the very notion of what it means to be and use the God-given responsibility that we've been given as men and not only diminishing that influence but sometimes demonizing that influence. I don't like that so many Christians are staying silent today when they need to be speaking up and other times speaking up where they need to be Silent. I don't like what's happening to our teenagers because of social media. I don't like parents that aren't staying engaged with their kids on a day-to-day -day basis because every day they wake up, it seems like they're waking up to a darker and darker world. I don't like, I don't like what we call normal today. So what do we do? What do we do with such daunting circumstances? Do we just say, you know what, the challenge is too big, and so we'll just bow out, we'll just kind of live our own life and do our own thing because we can't possibly make a difference in the craziness and the chaos that is now a part of the normal day-to-day -day life. But I believe if you signed up to be a follower of Jesus, I don't think that was in the multiple choice options of what you could do. And so what do we do? Something. Because something will always be greater than nothing. Let me pray for us. Lord Jesus, God, I pray 
that you would strengthen us today, that you would strengthen our resolve, that you would challenge our complacency, that you would help us to see where we might be potentially conforming to the ways of this world instead of being transformed by the renewing of our mind. But God, we need you. To be a follower of Jesus today is going to take more and more courage to stand firm. And so, Lord, as I give this message that I feel like you have fully prepared in my heart to give, God, I pray that you would partner with us. Help us to feel that partnership today, Lord. We love you. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, when we started this church a little over five years ago, I would probably confess to you that I erred on the side of focusing the majority of my time on leadership development and teaching and preaching on Sunday morning. And I definitely have not put those things aside. I would say probably my strongest spiritual gift, uh, and it is a spiritual gift if you read in Romans 12, my strongest spiritual gift is probably leadership, which means I'm going to try to focus my time there because that's the strength that God has given me. And so I never want to dismiss that. If you've been around for any amount of time, you know how much I believe in leadership development. I believe everything rises and falls on leadership. And I believe that leadership in the context of faith is discipleship because leadership is simply influence. All of you have influence to some capacity and influence is being able to shape the thoughts and opinions of others. And so if you leverage that for the sake of the gospel, I believe the natural result of that will be more fully devoted followers of Jesus. By no means do I want to negate or shelf the fact that God has probably gifted me in that area more than any other area, but, but. Here recently I have, and by recently I would say over the last probably three months, I have developed, I don't know how else to say this, a burden deep within my soul to not just be a leader here, but to truly shepherd this church. A deep burden to shepherd this church. And if you think of what a shepherd does, right, I'm, I want to guide us through the chaos. I want to take us from a place that could be dangerous to a better place of spiritual health. I want to help us to see the obstacles that are in front of us and do everything in my power to help you to learn and to see how to navigate those particular obstacles. Trace, I, my iPad is ringing, sorry. I want to do everything that I can to leverage every amount of time, which all we have is a little bit of time and a little bit of opportunity, to leverage every bit of time and opportunity to do my best to educate you, to equip you, and empower you to stand firm in the gospel. Because moving forward in a world that's rapidly changing, I promise you that's only going to get more difficult. For anyone who's paying attention it is impossible not to see that as followers of Jesus, it will only become more difficult to stand firm in the gospel. To remain a fully devoted follower of Jesus, it's going to take more faith. It's going to take more perseverance. And by no means do I want to jump on kind of like the persecution wagon right now where it's like, oh, as Christians in America, we're being persecuted. We got to make our own sandwiches in the morning and whatever it may be. The petty reasons, because I assure you that if you see what's happening to a lot of other Christians around the world, we are not being persecuted Yet, but I wholeheartedly believe that we are living in a defining moment. Let me explain what I mean by that. Never in the history of this world have we experienced so much change so fast, primarily because of the technology age that we find ourselves in and also what's called the age of information. 
And with all of this information and all of the change that's coming our way, and it's coming so fast that it almost on its own creates this current, right? I mean, you see it, you get it. It's like, holy cow, the change that's happening, and it's, just, it's, it's developing a current. And so we just kind of sometimes maybe have this posture of, man, we just got to keep up. Like, what's the next thing that we need to be aware of? And, and we kind of get caught up in this current. And what happens when you get caught up in this current of this rapid change that's come at you so fast is you maybe don't see how you're beginning to conform to the culture instead of be transformed by the renewing of your mind. The Apostle Paul, when he writes to the church in Rome in chapter 12, book of Romans, says, do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, which means you can't do both. You're either conforming to the pattern of this world or you're being transformed by the renewing of your mind. And maybe now more than ever, because of this rapid change, because of this inundation of information that's kind of got us just kind of scrambling to keep up, maybe now more than ever, because we find ourselves in a defining moment within the church's history, now more than ever, we need to define some lines, which is why next week we're starting a new series here at Trace called Lines, where I'm going to speak into some hard things. I'm going to speak into the subject and the conversation around transgender I'm going to talk about uh, what it looks like for men to step into their God-given roles as masculinity is being challenged more and more. I'm going to talk about parenting and technology, among other things. But to be clear, in this series will come both confessions where I feel like the church has gotten some things wrong and we just need to own up to that and say we confess because there's some reasons why there's been this kind of rebuttal. There's, been, there's a reason why there's been this kind of pushback against even the church because we've got to be honest, sometimes we just haven't represented these things well. But it doesn't mean we dismiss them. And so I'm going to do my best to handle these with both truth and grace. And hopefully for those of you that have been coming to the church for any amount of time, hopefully I've built enough of a track record with you to let you know that even though these are subjects that bring with them a lot of attention and specifically opinions and, and conflict, hopefully I've built enough of a track record with you for you to know that I am going to handle these with both grace and truth. I would define love, which I believe that word gets hijacked too much by our culture. I believe love is defined best by the fullness of grace and the fullness of God's truth. I believe that's the fullness of the gospel. And so I'm going to do my best. I'm going to do my best to represent both of those as we handle some of these tough subjects. But listen to me, I'm not going to pull any punches. Now is not the time to pull any punches in my mind. Now is not the time for passive preaching. We need the power of God to partner with us as we're facing a world that is drastically moving away from Jesus and becoming more antagonistic to those who claim his name. And I'm going to say something to you right now that I don't think a lot of preachers like to say, and that's this, that I believe we're losing ground in America. I believe the church is losing ground in America, and I believe a lot of pastors don't want to admit that at fear of admitting some kind of defeat. But listen to me, we all know that Jesus wins. We all know that he's going to come back and he's going to put an end to all of this evil. We also know that the church is excelling in other areas of the world like China and India and many other areas. And so it's not that the church is losing ground, but Christians and the church in America, I think it's pretty obvious that we're losing ground. And I think I could point to a lot of things. Let me give you a few. 
As Christians, I'm not talking about the secular society. As Christians, we're choosing entertainment over ecclesia, which is the Greek word for church. Spiritual complacency over sacrifice, pleasure over God's purpose, and cultural conformity over a commitment to Jesus Christ. Oh, there's plenty of blame to go around. And listen to me. If you call this place home, if you call this place home, you need to know that I'm going to challenge this, that I'm not okay with this. It may not be the best church growth strategy, but I can assure you it will be a strategy that will grow disciples of Jesus. And I'm going to say this on purpose. If you'll partner with me, I'm ready to pastor the hell out of this church. I'm ready. And that's not just a statement. You talk to anybody that's been around me for the last three months, and I'm fired up. I've got a burden that's been growing within me that goes deep, that from it is breeding some some passion and a renewing of my calling to not just be a leader, but to be a shepherd and a pastor and to do everything that I can that if you call Trace home, to do everything that I can, if you will trust me to be your pastor, to educate you and to equip you and empower you to stand firm in the gospel no matter what happens. Let me read to you several verses that I've been visiting a lot here recently. In Ephesians chapter 6, Paul says this, Finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood. Know the battle that you're facing, church. Know the battles that you're facing. But against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Therefore, put on the full armor of God so that when the day of evil comes, anybody feel like we're living in a day of evil? You may be able to stand your ground. And after you've done everything, stand. Jump over to Peter. Be alert, he says. Be alert and of sober mind. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. Resist him. Let's say it all together. Ready? Resist him one more time. Standing firm in the faith because you know the family of believers throughout the world is undergoing the same kind of sufferings. Therefore, jump over to 1 Corinthians. Therefore, my dear brothers and sisters, let's say it together. Stand firm. I love the next statement. Let nothing move you. Let nothing move you. This can't be circumstantial. This can't be circumstance driven. Let nothing move you. Always give yourselves fully to the work of the Lord because you know that your labor in the Lord is not in vain. Jump over to Philippians, my favorite one. So whatever happens, everybody say whatever happens. Whatever happens, conduct yourselves in a manner worthy of the gospel of Christ. Then whether I come and see you or only hear about you in my absence, I will know that you stand firm in one spirit, striving together as one for the faith of the gospel. Church, in the most succinct way that I know how to tell you, I'm going to do everything that I can within my power, which is very limited, and through the partnership of the power of the Holy Spirit to teach you to stand firm no matter what happens. So listen to me. If you're committed to this church, if you're committed to our mission, if you're committed, more importantly, to the Great Commission, 
and how we accomplish that through Trace Church. I'm going to do everything in my power. It's become a personal mission statement for me. And this is not like a statement from the church. This is my personal mission statement to you. That to the best of my ability, I'm going to educate you, equip you, and empower you to stand firm in your faith where you live, where you work, and where you play. To do everything in my power to educate, equip you, and empower you to stand firm where you live, where you work, and where you play. And that's our commitment to you. But if you call Trace home, like if this is your home church, shouldn't you have a commitment to us as well? Does that make sense? Shouldn't you have a commitment to us? And I could put a lot of things in front of you, but I'd boil them down to three. It's what we call our 3G ask. And that is we want you to get on a serving team because when we serve alongside of one another, we strengthen our church. When we serve alongside of one another, we strengthen each other's resolve to stand firm. We want you to give to the mission here of God, giving to the mission of God through Trace Church, and we want you to gather with us on Sunday. We want you to get on a serve team, give to the mission of God through Trace Church, and we want you to gather with us on Sunday because when we gather together in agreement, we believe that God's power and God's presence is made more, more available to us. That should be your commitment to us. Have you made that commitment? Our entire team right now is thinking through this at a high level. We've been planning and preparing and praying. We're going to go on a retreat where we're talking about a lot of these things specifically of how we as a church, like what's our responsibility is for we as a church to give to you, to say this is our partnership with you. This is what we want to be able to do for you. And a couple changes that we're ready to implement starting even in January is that we're going to start looking at the year through two different semesters, January through June, and then July through December. And so what we're going to do in the beginning of each of those semesters is we're going to give you what we're calling the spiritual Trace Spiritual Growth Track. And in that spiritual growth track is going to be dates and times and, and days of when we're going to be offering Bible studies, when we're going to be having seminars, when we're going to be doing Rooted, when we're going to be doing Rooted for Kids. And by the way, we just uh, did a test run with Rooted for Kids. Make sure, it was incredible, make sure that if you have kids K through 5, that you get them signed up for Rooted for Kids in January because it's going to be phenomenal. And your kids don't need less voices speaking truth and grace into their life. They need more, amen? They need more. And so we're looking at how we can partner with you. And so we're actually going to give you this and we're going to say, hey, would you commit this semester to being involved in as many of these things as possible? Because we're doing our best to put in front of you the very best teaching and material and opportunity so that you can learn how to stand firm no matter what happens. No matter what happens. Here's an example of something that we're going to do next Sunday that we'll be doing more of in the future. As we learn about things that we think will be great tools to educate you and equip you, we're going to make those things available. And so next Sunday, we're going to show you guys a documentary called Childhood 2.0. And I've watched this. I've had our team watch this. And uh, we are, we're inviting everybody. I really do. I believe everybody needs to come and watch this. But if you're a parent if you're a parent right now, you would be putting yourself at a great disadvantage if you don't come and participate in this. You really would. Maybe you know this, but in the last 10 years, we have been in a social experiment. With this inundation of new technology and information, a lot of things were thrown at us very fast. And we really didn't know exactly what the ramifications of many of those things were going to be, but now we've lived in this age of information and the technologies for long enough to know that there are some unfortunate drastic consequences to this. The data is out. The statistics 
are, have been put in place. And so we want to present some of those to you and make sure that you're educated now. Now that we have the information, educated on how to make wise decisions as an individual, as a family, and for your kids. And so make sure you make next week, again, 6.30 here, a priority. I should probably give you the caveat. We don't invite kids to be a part of this. We'll have child care, but uh, it's even, it's on the edge of whether or not it'd be appropriate or not for middle schoolers. I'm going to allow my middle schooler to come and watch this. And again, it's a little bit edgy, even for that age. But I believe that it's better now to allow them to be aware instead of try to keep them safe from the realities of the world. And so we're going to invite our middle schooler to come and, and participate in this as well. Again, next Sunday, make sure you make that a priority. I want to circle back to something that I said at the very beginning, and I'm going to kind of start closing with this. It would be easy. It really would. Man, being a dad right now of four kids, I see how quickly parents can just get overwhelmed with all the things they've got to keep up with, and it'd be easy, not just as parents, but as a follower of Jesus in different contexts of life and faith. It'd be easy to be like, it's just too much. It's just too big. The easiest thing to do would just be kind of just back up and just kind of disengage. But like I said before, I don't think that was an option that God gave us when we signed up to follow his son Jesus. So let me remind you of something that James, the brother of Jesus, said that I think will be important to our conversation today. In James chapter 4, he says this, Look here, you who say today or tomorrow we're going to a certain town and we'll stay there a year. We will do business. We'll do business there and make a profit. And then James says, how do you know what your life will be like tomorrow? Your life is like a morning fog. In another translation, it says, your life is like a mist. It's here one day. It's gone tomorrow. It's gone the next. What you ought to say is, if the Lord wants us to, ready? If the Lord wants us to, then we will live. And we'll do this, or we'll do that. Otherwise, you are boasting about your own pretentious plans. And all such boasting is evil. Big statement coming. Remember, it is sin to know what you ought to do and then not do it. I believe a lie that many of us have believed is that our little bit of time, our mist, our morning fog, our little bit of time and our little bit of influence couldn't possibly make that big of a difference. But I believe that that is a lie because I think if we'll choose, listen, if we'll choose to stand firm in the gospel, if we will choose to leave traces of God's love everywhere we go, if we'll choose to leverage the influence that we have where we live and where we work and where we play, I think the impact of our lives is immeasurable. Listen to me. Now is not the time. Now is not the time to be sidelined. Now is not the time to be silenced. Now is the time to stand firm no matter what happens. Because to know what God wants us to do and not do it, it's sin. So maybe you're here right now, and maybe you would admit, this is a place you can stop pretending it's okay, you, you would admit that you've lost your footing. Maybe you would admit that you've been slipping. Maybe you would admit that what I've talked about today is exactly what you needed to hear. And so now that you've heard it, what do you do with it? Because to do nothing when you know it's what God wants you to do is sinful. And if sin, ready, I'm going to close with this. And if sin doesn't lose its appeal as you mature in Christ, 
you're not maturing in Christ. Let me pray for us. Uh, Father, God, I pray that you would use the sermon, that you would use the power of your Holy Spirit, that you would use personal conviction, that you would use books, that you would use music, that you would use whatever you can to help us to see what it looks like to get our footing, what it looks like for us to stand firm where we live, work, and play, as we're being inundated with so much stuff at a time where we're not even sure what to say, we're not even sure when we should speak up, we're not even sure what to say if we do speak up, God, I pray that you would begin to solidify convictions, that you would begin to give us language, that you would begin to help us to see when it's worth speaking up and maybe other times when it's worth to stay silent and maybe just ask more questions. Father, we need you. God, we need more courage. We need more strength. God, we need a deeper resolve. We need to stop being Christians that are willing to conform to the pattern of this world, but instead be renewed by the transforming of our minds. So God, would you show us what that looks like? All we need today is just one good step in that direction. And I know that could look differently for everyone. So God, would you show them what that looks like for them? We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. I'm going to, before we get into a response time, I'm going to take a moment with you. We call these family moments, okay? And we do this from time to time here at Trace. And so if you're new here and you don't even know exactly what this is, feel free to eavesdrop. But this is truly a conversation with me and those who've been calling Trace home for a while. Because I need to let you know something. I need to inform you on a few things. Uh, the first thing would be that over the last three months, that our giving here at Trace has been down 17%. We're under 17% uh, under budget. That's never happened in the life of our church for three months consecutively. And I want to let you know, and hopefully you know me enough that I can speak this strongly to you right now, that you will afford me the opportunity to speak this strongly right now. Now is not the time to not invest in the kingdom of God. Now is not the time. Now is not the time to take our money and put it into more entertainment, to put it in things that give us more pleasure. Now is not the time to not invest in the kingdom of God. And if I had time, I could probably point to several things, even coming out of COVID, of why we may be backed up on our giving, decided to put that in other places. But now is not the time to not invest in the advancement of God's gospel. It's not the time. Now is the time to see how we could sacrifice even more to give. Now, if you don't trust this place, if you don't think this is a place worth investing in, full permission to leave those doors and go and find a church that you can fully invest in that's gonna go make a difference for the gospel in however way that they choose to do that. But this is Trace. And we've chosen to do things a certain way and we feel confident that God is moving here in a powerful way. Examples of life change and life transformation almost weekly. Now is not the time to not invest in the kingdom of God. And so one of the things that I'm going to ask of you, actually, before I do that, I want, to, I want to show you something that we should both celebrate, but also something that I want to make sure that we're cautious about when it comes to our thinking and our understanding of something, because uh, we did our seeds offering a couple months ago for September, right? And I asked you to bring a sacrificial gift, and we were hoping to get to $500,000 in that week, which was a huge ask for us as a church. And let me show you this graph really quick. In the first week we were able to raise $640,000. You can give it up for Jesus with that. And today we're already at $738,000, which honestly is insane. I mean, 
thank you, God. Uh, like when we talk about this in our staff meetings, I truly do. They would tell you, I just pause and it's like, can we just like shut up for a second and just praise Jesus for what he's doing? Because this is not us. This is obviously God and the movement of God in our church. And so I'm incredibly thankful for that. Um, if you've been around a while, you knew that we need to raise a million dollars total so that we can prepare for our next step as a church because our lease will end in two years, which means in a year we need to know where we're going next. So we need to have the money in the bank to be able to make that move. This is preparing, okay? This is leadership right here. Uh, we're leading, um, we're anticipatory leadership. We're practicing anticipatory leadership. And so we want to be prepared. And to be prepared for God to give us an opportunity, we need a million dollars in the bank. I thought that the goal would be that we would raise that by the end of next year. Guys, we can do this by the end of this year. We truly can. Now, here's where I need to make sure that we're aware of something, okay? Stay with me. And again, this is a family moment. I know some of you are like, I don't want to hear this. If you're part of this family, it's a family moment. So sometimes what happens is people see this number, and they're like, oh, man, the church is doing really good. So I probably, like, I probably don't need to give because, the. Church, I mean, look at that big number. But here is something that you need to be aware of, aware of if you're not, and this is for accountability purposes. Anytime that we ask you to specifically give to something like a future building, our future home, you can be assured that we will not touch that money unless we're using it for what we ask you to give it for. In other words, that number right there, 738000 it's in the bank. It's in a fund. We're not touching that. In other words, we're not using that money to pay, to pay our budget from month to month. We're leaving that alone. So once again, our budget is below 17% over the last three months. And can I just be transparent? Can I just be transparent? Everything that I see God doing in our church right now, everything that I feel like even you are getting excited about and the, and the excitement of even inviting your friends to come and be a part of what God is doing here, the last thing I want is to feel like our finances are an anchor keeping us back instead of focusing on God wants to continue to do in and through this church. And so my ask to you today will be something that I'm going to ask that all of us do together, right? We've been talking about strengthening each other's resolve today. In the seat back pocket in front of you, I want you to pull out the little piece of paper that's in there. And we're going to call this move to the right. Everybody do that for me really quick. Everybody just grab that piece of paper. And on that piece of paper is increments of depending on how much you make and so on and so forth. And all I'm going to ask is that all of us move to the right. And so if you give 2%, this is, that's based on a weekly giving schedule. If you give 2% right now, move to 4. If you got, give 6% right now, move to 8. If you're a tither, you give 10%, would you consider moving to 12%? And that is into an area of generosity. Once you give above tw uh, 10%, you're now experiencing generosity. 10% truly is just faithfulness if you look, in, if look at what the Bible says. I'm going to ask that you would move to the right. If you're not giving anything right now, would you consider moving to the right? 2%. And church, listen to me. If we all do this together... Everybody look up here really quick. If we all just do this, ready? If we all just do this, not only will, will, will we be completely fine, but we'll be positioned to do even greater ministry in our city. So I'm just asking you to do this. That's all I'm asking, every one of you. I'm just asking you to do this. 2% increment change. Maybe some of you can do greater than that, and I'll leave that between you and the Lord. But if we'll do this together... And this won't be something that feels like it's holding us back, but I think we'll be funded in a way that allows us to do things even greater in the future. 
I'm going to pray for us. Um, actually, before I do that, let me lead us into a time of response right now, and then I'm going to pray for us. And by the way, if you want to set up giving here at Trace and partner with us in that way, the best way to do that is through our app. Um, get on there. You can sign up for it to be regular reoccurring giving. If you ever want to just bring it with you, there's two boxes on either side of those doors right there that you can drop off your giving each and every week. And, and let me say this. If you're new here today, I don't want anything from you. I don't want anything from you. But I know God wants something for you. And so my hope is that he's done something, he's stirred something within you today. Maybe he's shown you that this can be a place that you could call home. This is a place that you could trust, even with your doubts. We say that this is a place where you can stop pretending. And so maybe there are some of you in here right now that would say, man, I don't even know where I'm at with all this. I don't even know where I'm at with faith. I talked to a gentleman after last service. He said, that's exactly where I'm at. I don't know where I'm at with all this. And so I'm going to meet with him this week. If that's you and maybe you've never made a decision to follow Jesus or maybe you have in the past and you're not sure where you're at with all of that now, if you want to reach out to us and let us know, man, I'm kind of struggling here. I promise you, not only will we get in touch with you this week, but we'll set something up. We are available. We are available. For those of us who do believe in Jesus, this is our time to come back around. This is a moment of unity for us. And maybe in this room, there's a lot of different opinions represented in different aspects of life. But when we come around the Lord's Supper again, we're all coming around unity in the one truth that we never want to shy away from, and that is there's no salvation made available under, underneath any other name than Jesus. And we represent, uh, not represent, we celebrate that every week by taking a cup around the room. You'll see four crosses that are on their side, and they're on their side because it, it shows that we're wanting to pick up our own cross and follow Jesus daily, as he says in Luke 9, 23. But we pick up that cup, and in that cup is a cracker that represents the body of Jesus, and that cup is some juice that represents his blood that was spilled out for the forgiveness of your sins. Hebrews said that there's no forgiveness. In the book of Hebrews, there's no forgiveness without the shedding of blood. And so we remember that, yes, God's grace came to us freely, because we don't have to do anything to earn it. But it wasn't cheap because it cost Jesus' life when he took the place of you and I on that cross because it's a death that we deserve, not him. And we just come around, we come around the cross together and we're unified in that knowing there's no other name under heaven in which we can be saved. Maybe today you need to allow God to stir something in you to maybe step away from some of the areas where you're making concessions, where you're potentially conforming, and stand firm. I'm going to pray for us. Uh, by the way, if you're here, you've got something you want to get off your chest. We've got two tables in the back. You can write out a prayer request. We take those seriously, and we'd love to pray with you or for you this week. Let me pray, and then I'll encourage you to respond however you see fit. God, right now, we come back to the cross. Right now, we're reminded that we're unified around the cross, that we're unified around the person of Jesus, that we know there's no salvation found underneath heaven, underneath any other name than his, and we're unified on that. And so as we gather in agreement on that very thing, God, I pray that your power and your presence is made more available to each of us in this moment, that it really will feel like a thin space where we just feel a little bit closer to you. So God, meet us in this moment. We pray this in Jesus' name.